So what is the objective? What are we even doing here? <laughs> I think selfishly for me, I want to become an expert in cybersecurity. Yeah. Like literally this, I'm starting from ground zero here. So okay, um, I would like throughout these conversations and stuff to l learn a bit more and actually be like a conversational expert with this stuff. Totally. Yeah. 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 Me too. I'd like to be an expert too. Cause I'm definitely <laughs> not, but that's, we'll talk about how to be, you know, good enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really quick, Kenny, in the last episode, you said that you went and started a hedge fund. <laughs> what was that like? Like we just kind of brushed over that. <laughs> yeah. So I always had, a. Uh, super strong interest in investing and I invested a lot. Um, I read at a time, I think I've gotten a little bit sloppy on this, but at a time I read literally everything that came out of Warren Buffett's uh, Berkshire Hathaway letters. Um, I read everything from Charlie Munger. I um, read so many investment books and then eventually um, I started dabbling and started, you know, making large investments and in things that I thought, you know, had moats, things that um, were on, on sale and things that were underappreciated, mm -hmm. you know, and so, and, and it had some marginal success on my own, you know, like basically like when I look back, it's more like lucky idiot success, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I was just so interested in markets and uh, just absolutely loved it. And so um, I was, you know, that was kind of my side hustle, you know, when I was working in cyberspace as I was like learning everything there is to know about investing mm -hmm. and uh, like in public markets. And um, so I still have quite a bit of interest in that. But um, in order to operate at a high level, you really need to be, you know, focused on, you know, you, you, I don't know, you, you can't control markets. Right. And so right. I've, yeah, I've learned a lot of things. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, most important thing, don't fight the Fed. <laughs> and uh, manage your risks and manage your risks. And so I've done that excellent. And I've also done it poorly. And when you do it poorly, it can be vicious. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, a huge, huge interest of mine at that at, at a certain point. But I kind of like doing it for myself. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I, I love <laughs> investing and find it, I, I find it yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so you started this hedge fund and then you decided to move on and start uh, a startup yeah I, I don't know i remember when this happened i was okay i've been friends with kenny for uh since school since um, college days and i've been kind of following him he ended up being friends with my brother they were both at pwc so that aaron's awesome waited to more interactions but Hi, aaron. i remember i've i've been i, I love macroeconomics so when K kenny became hedge fund i was like oh that's interesting <laughs> but one day randomly, and I hadn't talked to Kenny in a few years, he just called me out of the blue and he, he had been a hedge fund manager and he was like, oh, and I kind of asked him about it a little bit, but he's like, no, 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 that's not why I'm calling you. <laughs> and he, and, and basically it was the birth of, of what he's doing now with Paramify at that time. And so he was like, hedge fund, that was kind of a side hustle, as he just said, and kind of, um, <laughs> something that he was intrigued by and interested in but now this was something that he was so excited he called me up and told me about it and and been following him ever since on kind of his journey i think it's been three years or so since that happened mm -hmm. Some, something like that 
Yeah, totally. So I'd love to hear more now that we're here. <laughs> okay. What what led into that? Because it was like an aha moment. It was major excitement and classic in classic Kenny style. It was like <laughs> you had moved the phone a little bit away from your ear because he was like, he's so excited, so pumped. <laughs> really? And I didn't like, know that about me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. Cool, man. Um, yeah. So what what happened? I don't know. Let's look back. So uh, absolutely super inv- uh, interested in, in investing. Um, what happened was uh, someone actually offered me a ton of money. Um, uh, they would have easily been the, the biggest LP like in the fund. Um, and more more skin in the game than me. And I was like managing my own money. That was kind of part of my model. I was like, hey, I want to win with you. And, you know, you, you know, when when you win, I win. And when you lose, I lose, that kind of thing. So I wanted, you know, I, I care a lot about like skin in the game, right? Mm-hmm. And so someone asked me, you know, if, if, if they could invest right in the fund. And I got just, instead of excitement, I just kind of had dread, right? I'm like, ah, just thought... I'm probably not going to be able to be the same. And and I knew deep down that I was, you know, pretty new and inexperienced, right? Um, I hadn't really experienced a crazy drawdown. You know, I, I'd taken advantage of some, you know, sell-offs in the marketplace, you know, lucky. But um, it's just hard, like, to go to cash and, you know, to it's just hard. And so I thought to myself, I'm probably not going to do this, you know, anymore. Um, but what happened was I, I was doing consulting engagements. And so what happened was I had a, a, an acquaintance come to me and ask if I could help organize, um, help organize their, their FedRAMP processes because they, they were familiar with what I did with Adobe Common Controls. And for when, when we did Adobe Common Controls, like at Adobe, and uh, we knew exactly how to implement it, it was really good, right? Because Adobe Common Controls is a list of statements, right? Of of control objectives, you know that you know access to systems is is restricted to authorized personnel, something like that. Okay, that that's like an important thing, right? Mm-hmm. We can we can talk a little bit about what are the basics of cyber, you know, but something like that, like that that's what a, Adobe is full of those, right? And it goes all the way from you know access control all the way. To, Adobe is full of those. The common controls is full of those, right? Mm, yeah. Starting with access and you're going all the way down to physical security um, and uh, data center availability, things like that. Um, there's a lot, right, that goes into cyber. But we were trying to make those as easy as possible for the people that needed to stand up those capabilities, those services, for example, like access or, you know, data centers, whatever that is. How do we make that really clear on what they're supposed to do? We'd map all of the compliance requirements to that. And then we would set those capabilities up, up as services so that other organizations within the company could use those services so they didn't have to be in the business of authentication, for example. They didn't have to be in the business of uh, setting up logging and, you know, security monitoring, but all of those are just based off of capabilities that have been set up by these little service providers within Adobe, or sometimes they're cloud service providers, you know, and they're just using that service. And But even then, there's responsibilities that, 
that everybody has within the organization to kind of implement those. So I had a lot of inside knowledge of how we did, did, it, did security at Adobe. And the problem is, as I would go to conferences and people would say, I can't use this to comply with PCI. And I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm, I can. You know, why not? And so I'd find out more. This like, as in co the common Adobe controls, common right? Controls. Yeah. People said like, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, oh, why not? I'm like, you totally can. And, you know, my, my old way was like, oh, no, you can't. And I didn't like really listen. But eventually I did like kind of listen to that feedback. And I said, oh, okay, maybe we're, there's some things that we could have done better. Um, Anyway, uh, so that's kind of the background of what we had worked with people there, and they went on to other companies. And so they asked, hey, can you do something similar for FedRAMP uh, where you can automate? And then we'd be, in, in, in particular, we'd be really interested in automating the deliverables, right, using this framework. And I'm like, okay, so um, uh, we, we contracted with them to do do the, the deliverables and on my own I kind of built some prototypes that you know they could use and so it's a matter of you know setting up a service so let's let's say something like uh, um, let's say something like Okta okay Okta Okta is used for um, so many things but Okta Verify in particular is a service that uh, most companies use a lot of big companies use for doing uh, single sign-on which is an important um, important capability in security, right? So you're doing it in one place. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that it's managing is multi-factor authentication, which is so important. We can talk a little bit more about why that's important if, if, you, if you care to do so. Mm -hmm. But those, you know, so SSO, multi-factor authentication is Okta. And so my experience is, is that someone within the company has to do that. Okay, so like like an IT team, mm -hmm. they'll have to do that. And they have to configure it appropriately to meet the FedRAMP standard. Okay. okay. So there's things they have to do, but there's a lot of things that Okta already does for you, right? And so that's what's so cool about, you know, using that, that solution, Okta. It's already done. And it actually helps you. It, it's connected to 81 different spots in a DOD and a FedRAMP report. And so the idea is that, okay, let's configure that correctly and let's make it super easy for people within the company to use that tool. And so the IT team is going to set up Okta for that particular company. And then they set it up and make it really easy for other teams like DevOps teams or HR, or whoever it is, to use that service, to consume it. Okay, and then... Now, everybody's using Okta for authentication for, for everything. And so you don't, have, you don't have to handle it authentication in, in, in a different way, in a different way for every single service that you're standing up, mm. right? Just, you know, it's you, now a reusable service. Yeah, it's a reusable service, right? right? And so that was kind of the principle. They're called RIT solutions. RIT solutions are capabilities that security organizations have, or, you know, just businesses in general. Resolutions are capabilities that can be used over and over and over again to comply with regulations or to address risks that the company faces, right? So, yeah, anyway, that actually worked, okay? So that, that prototype actually worked. 
and it worked with great success. And we did that for every single capability. And it, and when it you were consulting, you're talking yeah, about, yeah, it worked. And it was pretty embarrassing, honestly. And, you know, for a time, you know, I would go to, you know, I, I'm just like, I'm not a coder, but I was coding a lot of this prototype. You know, I'm not really good at it, you know, but I've done it. You know, I've even done it for Paramify. I hope, mm-hmm. you know, most of that's probably gone by now, hopefully. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, there were there were times, you know, during those engagements where I had not really much to report. You know, I was working on, you know, kind of constructing, constructing the solution, you know. How am I going to do this and make it efficient and make it repeatable for my customers? Mm-hmm. And so they'd be like, hey, so Kenny, how's it going? I'm like, oh, it's going just fine. Just fine. Anything to show us? And I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> don't, have any, <laughs> don't have anything to show you, but I promise maybe in a couple of weeks, right? And so, you know, it started working. I, I was just working my butt off, right, you know, by myself and then kind of getting excited because I could see the implications of like how much of this was going to change things. And so had great success, got, you know, got through Federant Moderate uh, multiple times, and we did it for other packages. And uh, it was simple enough, right? We would distribute these risk solutions to a single team, to like the DevOps team or to the IT team or to HR. Okay. Mm-hmm. Were you going to, you have a question or you know, were oh, you going to say something? No, yeah. I was just a little curious with like, like what other packages were you able to like apply this to? Well, that, that, that was, is now this is a prototype and I built it. So there's not, scale is not a thing, mm-hmm. but, um, what we were able to do is within those companies that we, we could do different, you know, different FedRAMP moderate, you know, packages really well, right. Mm-hmm. Cause all those resolutions okay. existed and, uh, we were able to do it over and over and it was consistent and, uh, just had great success with that. Okay. Now then I'd kind of go on vacation and I'd, didn't really do much for my existing consulting business, like in terms of like website. I didn't, I didn't even have a website ever for that <laughs> one. I never did. And so people would find me on Facebook and I had this like really lame logo, <laughs> you know, that I put together. And I thought it was kind of cool at the time, but when I look back, I'm like, oh, I don't, you know. Yeah. Anyway, people reached out to me and they said, hey, uh, do you do SOC 2? And I'm like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll take you out to lunch. And maybe, <laughs> maybe I do that. <laughs> and uh, maybe I do we'll that. See. And they explained that they were using these automation software to automate their SOC 2, but it was still like a burden for them because they didn't really mm. have it connected to their, their day-to-day business process. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, maybe I'll help you set that up so you can use it a little bit better. And uh, we actually used the prototype that I had, mm. you know, and we use it there. And then I got another call that said, hey, can you help us with ISO 27001? You know, those numbers you were talking about? There's a lot of numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So many. And like, oh my gosh, like it's pretty successful. It like worked. And uh, and uh, the, the process just kept working over and over again. And then we got asks for doing, you know, uh, more complicated things, especially on the, like FedRAMP High and the DOD stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. At that point, I'm like, we need software for this because this is getting ridiculous, right? What, what makes FedRAMP High like so much more complex than say like SOC 2 or? Yeah, so, well, FedRAMP, FedRAMP is no joke. Let, let's just start there, right? Like FedRAMP, FedRAMP is, is a lot, it's really important. Uh, at, 
I think that we need to do better, right? Especially like companies that are doing FedRAMP, like, man, we have a long way to go. It's, it's really an important standard. It's not there just to be a documentation exercise. But the problem is, is that, you know, when you, when you look at an audit engagement, where does it start? An audit engagement starts with planning, okay? And that involves strategy. Like, how are, what are we looking at? So this is just the audit. And then the, the next thing is field work, right? We're checking, is that firewall turned on? doing te testing all the controls looking for evidence that they're working and then the third thing is the reporting mm -hmm. and reporting in theory should only be taking like what you know like the work's all done just kind of documented it should be like 15 percent 10 percent of your time maybe you know ideally that's what it is because it's like the least important thing right unfortunately people that's that's actually consumes most of their time right so you're not you're not really focused on strategy. You're not, fo you're focused on like, oh, let's get evidence that the firewall is turned on. Let's, you know, so it's just really a, a difficult documentation exercise. And when you have as many requirements as you do in FedRAMP, important requirements, you know, they're, they're there for a reason. They're not frivolous. It's just overwhelming, right, for humans, right? And so, so going from, FedRAMP moderate to FedRAMP high, I, I had these templates that I had kind of generated, you know, and then I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't have a template for this, so now I'm going to have to refactor all of this. And, like, uh. anyways, I had been working on some software. You remember, uh, Adam, and uh, uh, trying to get people to, to come on with me. And uh, my, my now my co-founder, uh, uh, Tyler, who's uh, uh, working on some awesome things today uh, for Paramify, he uh, told me, hey, this seems like a super boring business, um, so I'm totally interested. I'm in, you know, because mm -hmm. he, he, and he learned, to his credit, he learned it. But one of the things that we had, I had already known about a little bit, but uh, kind of rediscovered, and I talked about it with uh, Tyler, was OSCAL, which is the Open Security Control Assessment Language um, that we can use as kind of a, a standard for how we're going to structure our platform, Right. So now I pretty much lost everybody. I'm pretty sure on this podcast, this is we're so this is so boring, right? But but OSCAL became super super important, okay. Um, and I'm I'm so so happy for what um, that team that um, that Dr. Michaela Yorga and um, uh, AJ have have built, right? It's just an it's an amazing standard that we have. And what that does is it, it's, it's a way for us to standardize what controls should look like, mm. you know, and, uh, and how they're assessed. And it, it's kind of the machine-readable version of controls. And so this, okay. was, this was awesome. This was an awesome thing for Paramify to come upon because we could say we're going to base our platform based on OSCAL. And then from there, we can use OSCAL to deliver compliance deliverables whether or not that particular company was ready to ingest OSCAL. But when, you know, mm. and it's just, it's, just, it's just perfect for us. And so uh, once we had our first version of Paramify going, which was just like, it wasn't, you couldn't log in, like we could log in, <laughs> you know, we were able to start producing these things, right? So going from a moderate package to a federal high package, and based on our resolutions framework, it became really easy. So let's look at some of what's some of the differences 
you know, Federer Pi, I'm sure I'm going to get like a lot of hate for this, but for the most part, you, there, there, there are some really important things, but some of the things you might see are something like, um, okay, uh, you guys, I don't know at your company's security awareness training. That was probably like, you know. It was big. Yeah. Those two companies I worked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, security awareness training. So this is like, okay, this is a computer, guys. And uh, bad things can happen with the computer. You know, they're very basic, right? <laughs> like, you know, security awareness training. Um, and and they're, they've gotten a lot better than what they used to be. But essentially with everybody, like SOC 2, ISO 27001, uh, FedRAMP, whatever it is, they're going to require some kind of uh, security awareness training that you're educating people about it. Now, for FedRAMP High, they're going to have, or DOD, they're going to have extra scrutiny on what are you doing to reinforce, you know, that security awareness training. So, like, exercises where they'll, like, send you phishing emails, right, you know, uh, to yeah. your email, and they're like, you click on it and said, oh, you lose, and you have to redo, like, a training or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. I don't know how effective that is, but that's that's I, for <laughs> my previous company sent them all the time. They would, they would um, only one time did I fail. <laughs> Very and good. It never happened again. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, you failed. Uh, do better. <laughs> but they would try to trip us up about once every. It was random, yeah. but it felt like about every three weeks. Do you remember wow. any of those? Like the, the, the They were always phishing, and it was always something like, hey, um, someone's accessed your OneDrive file, or someone deleted your file. Log in here to do that, mm. or someone's requesting access to your file, or just things like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I Maybe they are, but those reinforcing activities are going to be more important for them. And so most of our companies were already doing that because they're implementing risk solutions, right? Like, oh, so what do you, you know, hey. they're already doing that, right? Because there's it's the right thing to do to make that awareness train and reinforce it. And so when you when you upgrade from Federal Moderate, Federal High, it's like it's already done, right? You, you've taken care of that already. You've already implemented that. And so we're we're really big on where we were so excited about Paramify was, hey, how do you build a legit information security strategy? And how do you keep it basic and simple so that it's something that it's easy for us to get a grasp around, get get our hands under? And uh, is part of yeah. that also making it easy? Because there's different departments. Like some companies, they're huge. And yeah. so it's the whole company that has to get certified. Sometimes, and, yeah. And so as part of the the beauty of risk solutions and simplifying it and making it reusable is that you can apply it here, but so can this department and so can that department. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We used to call it like grandma's cookbook of, you know, how to implement security. And, a, you know, a cookbook is going to have all of the, you know, you know, all of the newspaper article cutouts, you know, and, you know. And then like the little notes from grandma that say, don't add too much salt here. <laughs> and so that's kind of what we look at as our, our platform solutions. And the, and the good thing is, is now that they've been used, you know, over years and in multiple audits, those get better and better and we get feedback on those. And so we're really excited to kind of be, we'll be sharing these with the community 
and you'll be making these solutions better and better, you know, and uh, tying those to actual services like Okta and, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Can you give an example of how um, different users, customers might make a risk solution better? What is a yeah. tweak? So, I mean, I wish that, you know, maybe we can put up a diagram, you know, when we, when we put this up, right? So risk solutions, um, those get deployed, right? So a risk, let's, let's, let's say, uh, what, sorry, I just hit your mic, the mic on accident. Sorry, Dalton. Dalton. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, uh, a risk solution, um, improvement. Yeah, um, let's say that one of our resolutions at Paramify, right, is how we implement SSO, right? So we use AWS SSO, okay, and we have that synced with our Google directory, mm -hmm. okay? And um, there are some steps that we, we have to, to implement that, but that gives us a lot, that gives us a lot of help because now when Google directory, when someone gets removed, or access gets deprovisioned, then now they can't log in. You know, can't log into AWS resources. It's a domino effect. Okay. You cut it here, and it's yeah. Okay, that's a that's a pretty common solution that you see with all sorts of different yeah you know configurations and components. Okay, and so what we'll do is that that risk solution gets deployed in the wild, and then when something bad happens, or maybe it's there's just a ton of friction around maintaining it. You know, as those get used, you get feedback from people who are using that solution. They say, hey, this really stinks or this should be better. And then you can just update the risk solution, right? And then you share that with others. And so you're improving, you know, how it gets deployed, how it gets adopted. And you do that for your entire library, you know, but you're doing it. It's not just like one GRC person that's doing it. These get distributed to the right people, mm -hmm. to the people who are actually implementing it and the people who are using it. And so that way you're not, you just don't have one person that's dictating how should your security program be implemented, things like that. That's cool. So with like the risk solutions, it really makes security like a team effort. Absolutely. Totally. Community yeah. even outside of your team, all the teams working on it could be improving it for everyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can talk a little bit about, you know, why do why do resolutions, um, why are they so effective, you know? Um, but um, yeah, that that's how we set up our security program is around what are the solutions that help us from top to bottom implement security. So it just works. It works at big companies. It works at small companies. One other thing you mentioned a few minutes ago was the automation, security automation packages that people use don't work, and that's why they were going to you. So why do risk solutions yeah. work, yeah. and how do those ones not work? Yeah, so I think, okay, so I will say that th there are some awesome companies out there. Like, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of what Drata's doing and what Vanta's doing. Um, they're, they're really... Uh, they're really making things a lot better. That's not essentially what uh, what Paramify is doing right now. Uh, we're a strategy resolutions platform. That's what that's what we are. Okay. So what happens when 
you when you don't think about how to implement security and you just say, hey, someone else do this for me. That's like that's abdication. That's what that is. That's not delegation. That's abdicating it. Right. So there's no easy button. And they I think people there will, will be the first to tell you there is no easy button. You can't just press a button and turn security on. You can't. Um, why? Well, because threats are always changing. Threats are always changing. Components are always changing. Standards are changing all the time. And what does that mean? There's developer work that has to happen to support, you know, changes. And that, that just kind of breaks, it tends to break things, you know. So every little check, let's say that you check, um, let's say um, one thing that's pretty common that you see is like, let's make sure that, let's use some sort of cloud access service broker, um, uh, security broker or something, CASB. Um, uh, let's have something that checks into your AWS account to see if um, MFA is required for your root user. Okay. Because the root user could like basically delete your entire environment. Right? They could do they could do whatever they want, right? The root user. And so um, one thing that some of these tools will do, and, and there this is actually a lot faster now and better now. And AWS even has this, you know, but where they're gonna go and check to see is that MFA turned on for your root user. But just think about that. There's so many different use cases. All of those solutions and those integrations have to be developed and maintained. And sometimes they need to have like even sensitive permissions, you know, sensitive permissions in the environment. So there's all sorts of, um, there are all sorts of problems that get introduced, you know, with like, hey, let's have something that automates to check if the firewall's on, turned on. And, and I think that that's where we're going. There's a lot of security tools. And so what we thought is that, well, it's probably not like a one place, one ring to rule them all security solution that's going to know everything. What you need to have is an API-centric, uh, you need to have an API-centric solution that is focused on actual capabilities. Right? So we would take the thing of like, well, what, what do you need to do? What are you doing right now? Well, this is, I, I could, exp when I was going through my like MFA solution and when I was going through SSO, um, we were building out Paramify. I'm like, oh, well, this is, this is what we do, you know? And so I could Paramify my solution and tailor it exactly to how we have that. And then I have from that solution, I have procedures that get attached to that and then we can attach evidences to those procedures and, and so on, right? It, it's just kind of a better way to look at it versus like tagging it to a particular, you know, uh, control requirement from some compliance regime. Yeah, I, so this is a little bit off topic, yeah. um, but I'm just curious. <laughs> okay. So how was the name Paramify created? Like, Oh my gosh, man. Tyler, like that, that naming, I think, um, Dalton, Dalton's doing our, doing our stuff today. Dalton was probably remembers, uh, when I first came on, uh, started building it with Tyler, we were called native GRC. Mm. And, uh, that was a name that was given 
to me by my friend Matt. And Matt was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is good enough. I'm like, yeah, it's pr pretty good. And we'll, we'll just do that. We're native. Like, whatever you're doing, that's what we're going to apply GRC to. Mm -hmm. And GRC is governance, risk, and compliance. And no one knows what that means still. You know? <laughs> so, uh, don't, it's, yeah. You just, you, you just know. And so we just call it GRC. But it's like, what do we do? And, you know, governing policies and, you know, uh, yeah, have, how do how do we address risk and then how do we comply with our policies and you know which are hopefully addressing risk so anyways um that's a terrible definition so i think i saw a good one the other day on linkedin but i can't remember i <laughs> did it so anyways so uh we thought through so many names but ultimately what came to us was hey um we want to give people a configurable security strategy. And, and you're going to just fill in the parameter with however you implement SSO. You're just going to kind of fill that in, whatever that needs to be. And so it's flexible. And so we thought, we were, we were like kind of going parameters. It's param, param, like, I think I said paratus and, uh, Oh my gosh, some really embarrassing ones. Parampit. Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're parampit. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I think we're just messing with names and yeah. I can't believe I thought, oh, that could work. And talk to my son's kids, like friends, like they were all playing Xbox one day. They're like they laughed. Like, that's terrible. And then Declan, who's my my youngest nine years old, he he still trolls me about that. Remember when you wanted to call it parampit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, it's embarrassing. But Tyler goes, oh, yeah, Paramify.com is available. You want it? And I'm like, yes, I want it. And we're like, yes. And we were, like, so excited about it because we thought that's great because I, I thought that, that it made it made a ton of sense for what we're trying to do. Yeah, so um, it all stems from parameters. Yeah, that's cool. right. Okay. Yeah, configurable, right? Just mm. flexible, right? Paramify. But there's guidelines. Provides you with ask you the right questions and then you just those are the parameters that you as the user enter and then spits out that's right solution yeah package. that's right that's kind of what it does yeah it's and it and we're making it easier and easier and easier and more flexible and we'll be integrating with so many cool services in the future yeah so yeah. beautiful yeah man how how long have we been going on this one what Oh minutes. my gosh. Yeah, that's if, awesome. If you're though. still with us. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So like the objective here of, you know, this podcast um, is to kind of help, help, uh, you know, Keaton and, and Adam become conversational experts in, in cyber. And it's going to take a while. You don't, you don't learn it overnight, but that's kind of the direction we're going. So appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys listening. And if you're still listening, I'm super surprised, but <laughs> we're impressed. <laughs> no, you're going to become experts with us if you're not already. Yeah. So absolutely easily. Yeah. All right. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we need to really come up with an outro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See you next time. Yeah, see you guys. Ciao.